Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Oh, so you're not okay. So we're not doing. I'm not gonna be able to see you this time around. Um, I don't know. What is what can I? Oh, start with you. Hey! 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 Yo, yo, yo! What's up? What's up? It's your boy Reggie Reg chilling here in the studio. It's currently eight twenty-two in the beautiful Akoi, Florida. Seventy-nine degrees outside. I got my boy Angelo that's chilling in the studio. What's going on? <laughs> that's how this interview is gonna go today. Wait, hold on. I can't speak here. I'm scared to hang up because I don't think I can hear you. I'll speak with you. Come on. Oh, yeah. You can hear me, but I can't hear you at all. I can hear you because I have you on my speaker. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. I can hear you. Uh-huh. Yes, oh, I can no, hear you I can, because no, I, can you. I can hear you because you're on my phone, but I can't hear you on my computer. Uh, uh, Unmute. 
also like to unmute, okay, unmute. Hello? Yeah. No? Hold on. Let me hang up and try it. Let me hang the phone up. Hold on. Hello? Yep. Okay, you can hear me? Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna have to figure out how, how does this sound? Does the mic sound nice? Do my, does my mic sound real, real nice? Yeah. And mm -hmm. actually, this time I have my ear for my ear. Oh, but no. I, I provided an eyeball. Yeah, so I have my earbud in, and I was like, I, I, I kind of figured, I was like, you know, maybe the audio will be better if I do what they did at the DNC and everybody had like earpieces in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. try it, see what happens. So, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, it was a little late, but I had to cook my shark. Um, and it is extremely dark in here. You cannot see my face at all. Um, I was about to say. Huh, why is that? Uh, probably the lights behind you instead of in front of you. Do you have another light source in front of you? <laughs> oh no, that didn't work either. Um, well, the shadow knows. <laughs> Is that better? I don't know. You tell me. That's only gonna last. I'm I'm actually not gonna use the video at all, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much. Uh, all of what just played is not going to be on. Uh, I'm not going to edit it because I have no idea how to. And uh, <laughs> we're just going to deal with it, uh, which is going to be a lot better than the previous um, um, recording that we had. So I want to tell you, thank you so much uh, for being amenable again uh, here. This is the second time around and the conversation is going to be the same as what it was before. So um, we're going to get right into it. Uh, you guys know me already. I want to tell you guys thank you for joining and being a part of uh, Reggie's Expressions. Like I said, it's been doing extremely well. Things are going great. You know, numbers are up. And um, I just feel compelled to put more content out there, you know, that will engage and inspire others to live their best life, really. So um, I have Angelo here. He is somebody that I absolutely admire. I've known him for about eight, nine years now. Um, he was my den mother. So, uh, you know, with coming out and owning my own sexuality and um, just having this don't care attitude. And I've always admired that about him. So um, he's a good guy. He's, um, you know, always been a constant in my life in terms of, you know, uh, showing the ropes, even though he didn't know that. But um, I appreciate you, sir. And uh, the conversation that we're going to talk about is uh, it's going to be a myriad of subjects based in uh, our coming out stories, which you guys know a little bit about mine, um, and how we kind of navigate this uh, this lifestyle, which it really isn't a lifestyle, to be honest. I was about to say it's not a lifestyle. No, uh, I don't know like that. But uh, yeah, and you guys are gonna be able to uh, join in on the conversation, or not join in, but listen in uh, however way it evolves, all right? so. Here we go. How you doing today, Angelo? Um, I'm doing all right. Like I said earlier, I'm a little tired, but I'm going to muster the energy that I got. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so uh, today's Friday, and uh, I don't know if you guys know, but you know, myself and Angelo are both a part of the LGBT community. I just came out today. Um, and uh, actually, I didn't just come out today. You guys know I've had a husband for a while. And uh, you know, I, I, I tackled this topic a little bit by myself before, and to be honest, you know, I wanted to have a little bit of a, a, a contrast between my story versus someone else's. So, um, yeah. So if you don't mind, sir, if you can start us off, like uh, tell us a little bit about your coming out story and, you know, um, you know, go as far as you would like to. Well, my coming out story, um, well, I don't know. Well, I guess I can just start all over again if anyone didn't hear from the part two. Um, but, uh, I, I came out when I was 21, um, lived in Jersey, um, New Jersey native, um, and then came segue to Florida, um, and then now North Carolina. Uh, but my story, you know, is, I guess it's, I guess you can say it's kind of like the typical, uh, Typical story of uh, gay life. Um, you know, you you have your ups and your downs with your parents. Don't most of your mother. I grew up with my mom and my grandmother. Unfortunately, my grandmother wasn't um, around when uh, when I came out. That would have been like a hell of a different story. Um, being that she was a devout Catholic and, and all. Um, but uh, I don't know if everyone got to hear the first time, but. Um, my mom no, no, and no, I this is the first time that they've ever heard the story ever in life. So, you know. Oh, oh, really? Because I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the other one down. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Um, so my, you know, my mom and I, did, we didn't speak for about, an, uh, about a year, year and a half. Um, and all came about because I was outed by this, uh, lady girl female however um at the time um she kind of outed me to my mom um and that kind of just started a whole triple effect um i'm moving around i don't i'm sorry if i'm being distracting oh you're fine I'm um and that's how i kind of like ended up in Florida and kind of Florida was kind of like how I was exposed to the gay life. Um, being raised in Northern New Jersey, there wasn't, uh, at the time that I was around, um, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, gay life. I mean, you had to go to the city, to New York to experience that. And uh, that was kind of a little difficult when you're, you know, 16, 17 years old trying to cross the George Washington Bridge by yourself. Um, plus, I was always a little bit shy anyway in, in my earlier years when I lived in Jersey, just because I was from the area and a whole lot of people knew on. me. Hmm? Come on, shy. I don't believe it. In my earlier years, I was. Um, until in I moved down. Oh, your earlier years. Yeah, my earlier years. I was I was I was shy when I was in my earlier years. Um when I when I moved to Florida, that was kinda like where everything that that was like, I'm coming out. <laughs> I want the world to know. 
Um, I didn't have the chains, so I was just able to to navigate the the pool of the LGBT community and and see the different facets of it and the different factions and um, the different cliques and clans and houses and uh you know you know how we kind of classify yeah every little section the twink life the bear life glories for days for sure yeah we label everything i mean i i I think i even label my mouthwash bottle even though it says listerine on it (laughs) 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 you know um so you were telling me a little bit before that, and I think you hinted to it too, just now you were saying that you were outed. Yes. Um, what happened with that whole story? Um, well, at the time um, I was seeing this guy, um, like I was telling you before, I was in an enjoyable DC program and I used to go to Fort Monmouth. Um, as a, uh, as an excuse, right, that I was doing training. I wanted, at the time, I really wanted to to get into the Navy. Um, but I used that excuse to go see this guy. He was older than me. Um, I was like 17, 17, eight, yeah, 17, 18 years old. And he was like way older than me. I think he was like in his 30s. Wow. Um, and, you know, I used to, go out there or whatever. And then back in the city, now mind you, I used to drive about uh, from Northern New Jersey to like Linwood, that's like about an hour and a half, two hour drive. Wait, how did you guys meet? Oh, at, back in the day, um, there was this little website. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's still around. I haven't even looked for, I don't even know if my profile still exists on there, mm-hmm. um, but gay.com. I actually looked it up today. It's now an LGBT uh, like center for uh, shelters and stuff like that. So it's it's funny you said that because I went and I looked. I was like, let me look that up, and uh, it, yeah. it redirected to like one of LA's uh, LGBT um, Q plus centers. So it's still there. Okay. Well, back in the day, it was a hookup dating site or whatnot, um, and and it was kind of like a, a chat forum based up of a thing um and we met on there on the the chat forum um because that was very popular you know back in the yeah late 90s early 2000s right because they had a level of anonymity that you could have still you know with communicating with people that were like you you know you you were able to choose to you know get a chance to meet them or you know just play the the tag game so you're right Right. um that was a hundred percent my remembrance of, you know, getting involved into this lifestyle, so. Yeah, so, um, and then when I was, you know, back at home, and the the thing was, and that was one of the lessons that I learned in my earlier life is never date anybody you work with, okay? Never date anybody you work with. Okay. Me and her used to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I don't know. I, it got to the point where I kind of I felt like I could trust her, and um, and I thought I could have my cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Live that that by life. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Yeah. 
um, she was angry and upset because um, it came back to me that she wanted to have a baby and I wasn't ready for that. And I kind of like clamped that down. And you know what happens when you starve somebody. Yeah. They start investigating. They, they start turning into Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, she told my mom and my mom went ape shit. You know, I'm her only boy and she expected grandkids and all this other jazz. And um, coming from a Latin culture, you know, you can be 50 years old. If your mother's around, what she says still goes, you know what I mean? And um, she wanted to lock me down, and I, 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 I couldn't see myself just, you know, I, I couldn't see myself living a lie. Um, so I made a decision. At the time, my sister was my sister was living in Florida with her boyfriend, um, and I just packed up my truck, had a Rav Four put in my Tandy computer in the back of it, the little bit of clothes that I had. Because um, the only thing I took with me was my clothes and my computer. I didn't own anything else, you know what I mean? And drove 17 hours down to Florida. Um, and I think I told you there was a hurricane coming up when I was coming down. Right. Um, <laughs> on the East Coast. But um, made it to Florida, celebrated my 21st birthday in Ibo City. E boys uh, today. Yep. Um, at the time, I forgot the name of the bar that I celebrated my twenty first birthday. But now, oh, I don't know if it, I don't even know if the Honey Pot is still around. But um, it later became the Honey Pot. Um, it was also masquerades at one point. Anyways, um, and that's when I kind of decided just to. Live, live my truth. I made a decision to date exclusively men. Right. And that's it. I was like, you know, I'm not going to put another female through this hassle and process and, uh, you know, messing around with people's emotions gets a little tricky. So. Oh, I know it's kind of hard to, to, to answer this question. I'm going to try to put on my headphones real quick because I think I hear a little bit of feedback, but you know, you weren't in her mind, but what do you, why do you think she outed you? Or why did you think she felt like it was necessary to out you? Well, I mean, as much as of an of a empathetic person that I am, I mean, it could just be that she probably felt that by telling my mom, I, you know, I, I would still be with her or my mom would, forced me to change or you know i don't know she probably thought that my mom could put me into some conversion therapy shit. i don't know um you, you can hear me okay yeah i can hear okay. you now all right cool so um to be honest i didn't really care to ask um I'm the type of person that once, once you cross me or betray me, uh, there's there's really no no reason for me to ask why. Your actions spoke for me for you, 
and now you're done. You know what I mean? Right. That's just that's just how um that's how I was. Now I would ask questions depending on like how long we've been friends and and whatnot, but um the longevity of our relationship. But back then you did me wrong. I I will cut you off in a heartbeat, I'll slice your tires, I'll pour coke down your you know, on your hood of your car and put <laughs> You know, I was that kind of a guy back then. Mm-hmm. Um, now I kind of think about my actions um, now. But when I was younger, I, I didn't even think about repercussions or anything like so that. So you were done with her pretty much? Yeah, I was done. I mean, mm-hmm. I, even till today, I, I don't know if she's alive, she's dead, if she looks the same, if she's, mm-hmm. you know, done cosmetic surgery. I don't know. Do you know her name um, on Facebook? I don't. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't. I mean, one of my cousins after I came out um, told me that she kind of moved on and she was dating one of my cousins or our cousins or whatnot. Um, and when I heard about it, I was like, "Okay, well, good luck to her." You know what I mean? And, and I kept on going. I mean, I, I try not to dwell too much about it. So, so um, well. I mean, I can understand that was, and one thing I will tell you, uh, straight people, and I have to make the distinction uh, when it comes to straight people is two things. Number one, um, it's not your business and it's not your job to out anybody. We all have our own journeys, right? Yeah. So it's not, it's not your bag. No matter, you have to understand that when we're born into this world, we get, and I mean gay people, we get conflicting messages, you know, about how we exist and we hear certain things about people calling us uh, faggots or uh, uh, what was it in your, yeah, right, or being too feminine or, or, you know, or, you know, he's a Tom girl or whatever the case may be, that it's, we're really trying to figure out who we are. So, you know, if we're dating you, and you know we're confiding in you and i know it's kind of hard to 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 say when you're involved in that type of stuff you know because you can only think about how you feel but you know if we're entrusting you to you know with that secret you know it's because we trust you and that we feel it's something that you could you know hold on to as opposed to you know um and then and then the nun the the second thing um don't so the, the first thing is about, you know, don't out, out anybody. And secondly, you know, um, just have patience with us, you know, just have patience with the person. Don't say that you know, or don't say that you knew, because in your mind, it may seem as if it's comforting, but to be honest, it's a little, to me, uh, I mean, I can only speak for myself, you know, it's hurtful because, you know, a lot of times we base our uh, ideas, our hypothesis based on, experiences or you know stereotypes and stuff that we have and you know that just doesn't align with that a lot of how a a lot of us feel we're all our own people and uh you know saying that you know may seem like you're aligning with us but in reality it makes us you know feel a little compelled to stay in longer because you know of people saying oh i knew you know and it's just but yeah. and, and and also and also in a, in a kind of like in a sidebar to that um, is is and I and I mentioned this before um, 
there's a reason why somebody's in the closet. There's a reason why somebody's the out. Um, like, like I said, the, the reasons could be socioeconomic, could be religious, could be, you know, how they were raised or mm -hmm. some of the experiences that what they went through. I mean, and you don't know the mindset of the other person. So by you outing them, I mean, you can just drive them to suicide or you can drive them to drinking, you can drive them to um, being violent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a whole lot of factors of why people are in the closet and by outing them, you're basically um, an accessory to whatever happens to that person in a right. negative way. And it's, it's really traumatic, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? It, it really becomes a, a level of trauma. And, and in some ways, I've seen people use that as a way of keeping them in the closet a lot longer, you know, because of the experience that they had. You know, I know, you know, everybody has their own connection to homosexuality and whatever the case may be. But, you know, try to be as selfless as possible if you can. And, you know, refrain from saying things, you know, um, like, oh, uh, just come out and tell us already. We already know, because that's not comforting at all. Everybody has their own journey. And, and, and to me, this is just my personal feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and I normally lived up, lived by it because I've kind of been through it. Mm -hmm. Gauge the person that you're in the DL with. I mean, if... How should I put this? My, my current relationship started off as a DL relationship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In a way. And in, in kind of like in a way, that's how it kind of started. Mm -hmm. So, but I never like outed them because that's not cool. You know what I mean? Right. And um, I, again, you wouldn't know what the outcome was going to be. So, if you if your if your intention is to out people, then don't mess around with people that are DL. Right. Because to be honest. If something negative was to happen, as far as I'm concerned, this is my personal opinion, nobody else, or the radio stations, but you're, you're complicit. You're complicit mm -hmm. to whatever negative action that person did. Right. If it, if it goes to that point, he's, you know, you're right in the sense of saying you have to really gauge the person that you're with. So now we're at the point of being out at, we, you know, have an oncoming out party in, in Tampa, Ybor City. Let's talk about your, your first quote-unquote relationship, if you will. My very first, first one. Mm -hmm. um, you remember his name? Yes, I do remember his name. <laughs> it's, it's from the Bible. Um, okay. He, he is Jewish because he's still living and kicking. I, I kind of face the, uh, Facebook stopped him the other day. Um, but he's not my friend. I just kind of stopped Is him. he married to a woman? No, no, okay. he ain't gonna be marrying no woman. But, uh. um, his, <laughs> no, that mm -mm. he loves too much on and on on. How should I word this? Uncircumcised cock is what he. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's not it's not gonna go anywhere. Um, with that, unless it can. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna even happen with females. Um, but. 
yeah, so his name um, is David. I'm not going to give you his last name so that I can Google him. Um, can you text me on the side? Sorry, I'm just playing. No. <laughs> um, David, we started dating shortly after I moved into Florida. Um, mm-hmm. Then the millennium happened. Mm-hmm. And he broke up with me. Um, and y'all were together, together how long? Uh, it was just maybe less than a year or something okay. like that. Okay. I mean, it wasn't any. It wasn't a long term thing. I mean, I moved down to Florida like in ninety nine. Actually, it was less than that because it was less than a year to be honest. Because I'm my birthday is in September and my twenty first birthday was in nineteen ninety nine. God damn it! <laughs> and then um, the millennium happened right after that in December. So what's that? four months right yeah um so actually it was just four months sorry wow. folks miscalculated there um see that's what happens when you don't pay attention in math class um <laughs> but anyway so um so yeah it was just four months and but you, the funny thing is i was really i was really digging him i mean the sex was eh, okay um but you know, it was kind of digging him. It was your first relationship. You know, when you're like in your first relationship, it's, you're kind of giddy. You get the flushes, and you know, you want it to last. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, of course, come uh, the millennium, we went to a, a friend, one of my sister's friends' millennial weddings, because mm-hmm. that was a thing. And um, yeah, he's basically told me, you know, I pretended to love you, so. Bye. Wow. Um, you know, I lost my shit. Um, told him that if I ever saw him in public, he needed to cross the street, mm-hmm. cross to the other side of the street, kicked in his door, took two friends of mine to restrain me from beating him up to a pulp. Wow. Um, yeah, I was full of anger at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said before, um, the the anger was mostly because I wanted to prove to my mom that this lifestyle wasn't bad. At the at that point, my mom and I we weren't talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it was kind of like a, I wanted to prove a point to my mom. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I mean, that's where kind of like the anger came from or, or, or stemmed from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do thank him because I, in that, at that point, um, I grew a very thick skin, mm-hmm. which unfortunately, some gays just have to grow or some people have to grow. It's mm-hmm. true. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism, is a, a preservation mechanism, mm-hmm. uh, especially for me. Right. But, um, I do thank him for that because everybody does teach you something, regardless of how long they how long you are with them. Um, but I do thank him for teaching me that. Yeah. Um, and then I moved on to my second relationship, mm-hmm. um, Mr. J. B. Mm. He sounded like he was about sixty years old. J. B. Uh huh. No. He was um, an old black man. 
No, he was actually Irish. Ew, I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. At the time, I had a ginger fetish. I mean, Ooh. sorry. Uh, but actually, he wasn't ginger. He was brownhead. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I... It, it was an interesting way how I met JB, which he at the at first was hollering at a, he was talking hollering he was talking to a friend of mine. You can tell um, you you of age because you're saying hollering. Yeah, no. Please don't say uh, holler no more, honey. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was talking to a friend of mine, and for some reason or another, his attention turned on to me, but I didn't realize at the time that my friend was into him but anyways um i ended up dating him your friend was male or female male okay and um we started dating that lasted for maybe eight months i think it was Mm -hmm. eight or nine months Mm -hmm. um at least he didn't say he didn't pretend to love me he just basically told me that we weren't compatible. compatible. Mm-hmm. But, um, even though in during that relationship, I was like very giving. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, so then that happened. Um, then I kind of took a hiatus, and then I was kind of just decided to stay single for a, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see, then after him, oh, I dated Maurice. Um, <laughs> my God, Maurice. Um, Maurice was a drag queen. Okay, yes, Maurice. Um, he was a drag queen. Um, he, I guess he started liking me because I used to go to the bars a lot. I mean, I was at the bars Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Saturday, and then I was out for tea dance on Sunday. You know what I mean? And I, st- I, I closed the bar at 3 a.m., and I was still at work at 8 a.m. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, that's what happens yeah. when you're young. You could do that. Now I can't stay out past uh, uh, 10 o'clock, and I'm already tired. So Okay, after 10 o'clock, you're like, ooh, let's call. Ooh, y'all, I got to go, honey. I, if I make it home right now, I will get seven hours of sleep. <laughs> uh, but... um. So I used to go a lot to the, so of course, you know, to drag shows at the, at the, at the gay bars or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so um, I tried not to confine myself, you know, I will get it, I guess somewhere down the line, we'll, we'll talk about preferences. But um, so, you know, I'm young, I'm trying to learn, again, I'm, I'm new to this, right? So I'm trying to learn everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and him started dating for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, then I noticed that I was more of the, I, I transitioned from like the boyfriend to the bellhop to oh, no. the driver, you know what I mean? Like uh, carry my luggage type of a thing. And when he was in drag, I kind of felt like I was second fiddle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he was a performer. Um, Right, he was a performer. Okay. Uh, yeah, so all his fans came first. I mean, most drag queens are performers in some sense, so sorry. And, and he performed very well. Um, and 
I ended up understanding that that's not for me either. I'm not going to be nobody's bus boy, mm-hmm. bellhop, limousine driver. So you were like his personal assistant? Yeah. I mean, okay. I transitioned to being his personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell no, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I jumped shipped from that. Um, and unfortunately, he died maybe <gasps> later. Okay. After we broke up, he died of a brain aneurysm. Oh no, that's unfortunate. Yeah, he was Sorry like, to hear that. Uh, he was twenty twenty seven at the time. Oh wow, he was a young guy. Yeah. So that happened and that was a whole nightmare because he wasn't out and you know, uh his gay family, gay community wanted to be at the funeral and the family so refused. Um you know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. have control. There's nothing, right? Uh, that you can do, and it, it was it was very that was, I mean, even though we broke up, it was kind of traumatic, uh, traumatizing, and it kind of makes you hold your breath because it's kind of like, wait, the people that really cared and love you cannot be there. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that dying alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you ever heard of somebody saying, I don't want to die alone, which nobody really wants to die alone. But at the same time, the people that you spent a whole lot of time with mm-hmm. aren't there to celebrate your life. Right. That could be kind of disconcerting. Not on, I mean, the dead is the dead. I mean, I don't want to sound insensitive. but Yes, yeah, it's, it's just re, it's re-traumatizing. Uh-huh. Right. For the living, it's kind of like, man, you know, we spent so much time together. We did all this stuff, and I can't say goodbye. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, then for Maurice, um, where did I go for Maurice? Oh, for Maurice. Um, <laughs> Mr. Wayne Brent, and I'm not going to say his last name. So he was like, he was like 52. No, actually, he was younger than me mm-hmm. at the time by maybe three years. Oh, okay, okay. And I'll never make this mistake ever again. Um, he lived actually up here in North Carolina. We met online. Um, we met on one of those chat rooms on Yahoo. I don't know if you ever remember the chat rooms on Yahoo. Yeah, I remember the chat rooms, honey. On Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Mm. On Yahoo. 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 Uh, so they had they had they had their gay they had their gay chat rooms in there as well. So I met him on there. He was living up here. Anyways, I got him a bus ticket. Ooh. Child. Oh, got him down yes. Bus ticket. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I got him a Greyhound bus ticket. Um, we were together for almost two years. Almost two years. That's a long time. Paid for his school. He was going to trade school. I know I was an idiot at the time, but hey. Anyways, this was the, he became the little whore of Tampa. Because when I was working, his ass was out tricking. Um, now, it's not like I didn't know. 
but um you know when we were together we kind of did did some i guess i guess what gave him license was the fact that i allowed a threesome mm-hmm. and um and i guess that kind of gave him license and we kind of never had a definitive discussion on what the rules are right um the rules then, of engagement uh, yeah it didn't know the rules of engagement and I, I guess I, gave him I, I'm not about that life. I can't. I, for me, specifically, I don't like threesomes. I'm selfish. I'm a selfish lover, I would like to say. So I don't want nobody else banging nobody else out at any time. You know what I'm saying? If we together, but, we together. We just gonna have to get used to each other. So, but teachers, you know what I'm saying? But this is the funny thing, and I'm gonna, and please don't judge me. But, no, 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 no. No judgment here, sir. Um, the funny thing is, this was something that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But then he was the one that used to get jealous with me mm-hmm. because the other individual would, we would have a sexual chemistry, mm-hmm. right? And things would get a little bit too heated, too much. We'll, we'll go into like the wild category. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like, he's kind of like, well, what the hell? Like, where's my attention? It's like, I'm sorry, you can join in, but this is your idea. I'm just alone for the ride. What you said earlier, you said you want to be second fiddle. He didn't want to be second fiddle. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, so um, what did that win? And I'm a, you know, um, one thing about me is that's important to me is my birthday. Mm-hmm. And this, hijo la gran puta, but let me stop. Oh, Lord, <clears throat> stupid. <laughs> um, he, just, he, he, he went to Brooksville the night before my birthday and did not come back three days later. Oh my gosh. And I put everything in a box, mm-hmm. and that's and, and, and to the left, just like just Beyonce like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. We were dating at the time when that song came out, um, and the box went to the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got his little behind a Greyhound ticket back to El Paso, Texas. Damn, mm-hmm. you left that part out. He is from Texas. Well, but he was living here in North Carolina, but yeah, he... Okay. At the, at the time, I was like, where you want to go? Texas, or you want to go to North Carolina? Because you ain't staying here. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a one-way bus ticket. And have you talked to him since then? So, this is the thing. Um, I he, he was one of those, even though I broke it off, he was one of those that would call on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And these messages on my answering machine. Now, mind you, at this point, I kind of had moved on to my current relationship mm-hmm. that I currently have now. Um, but he will call on my, you know, uh, um, on my birthday every year, and then he turned. Then he became a Buddhist, and then um, somewhere along the line, I met him uh, on Hillsborough Avenue. I forgot what store I was in. But he happened to be in there. It was like just awkward, awkward moment. And um, 
I stopped talking to him. Like I would ignore him. I wouldn't pick up his calls or anything. But anyway, so funny thing about um, three months, three, four months ago, he sends me a message on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, really? Um, but anyway, something in me told me just, just, just indulge it, right? Mm -hmm. So he wanted to talk like nothing had happened. Now, mind you, we really had not gotten closure, right, of the whole situation. Um, because he, he was just making up excuses and I just got fed up and I just like, you know, kicked them out. Anyway, um, so he video calls me <laughs> and he sees my face and, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person I, you know me, I wear my emotions on my face. You, you can literally know what I'm feeling or what's going through me just by looking at my face. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, why do you have that sour face? And I said, I just can't believe you still got the balls to call me. And not, and not really talk about this the, the elephant in the room. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I, the diarrhea of the mouth, like that whole situation just came up all over again. And he stood, he literally, his face, his mouth was open. And he's like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I never, ever meant to hurt you. And then, you know, he gave me his reasons. You know, I was young at the time. I was trying to figure out who I was, which is understandable. I get that. Um, but just don't leave things unsaid. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's not good. But I'm kind of the type of person I'm, I'm able to put different situations in jars Mm -hmm. and just go back to it later mm -hmm. um and then you know i'm my my current relationship now met him on adam for adam mm -hmm. um so um for me now i feel like i gotta give i you know i mean to be honest i never dated anybody in high school i had girlfriends that i liked actually my best friend who passed away Darlene, I met her in high school and we dated, but unfortunately she couldn't, um, she couldn't date boys at the time. So it never, you know, uh, you know, went into fruition. Um, I, I knew I was different, obviously, from, from a young age. Yeah, yeah. What you mean she couldn't have, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, unfortunately she's passed on, but she couldn't have boyfriends. <laughs> Um, her father, which, you know, I can't really go into her story, but okay, her, exactly. her father at the time was like, no, no go. Very overprotective. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. um, okay. but you know, I, I, I remember at the age of eight and I told this story on, on here before, you know, having feelings for this kid named, uh, um, Randy and, you know, I, it, my emotions and things were put on the back burner for a number of years until I got to high school and I toyed around with the idea of being bisexual, which I think we all do at some point, you know, because we don't want to come out completely. And uh, I actually had a crush on a gentleman who, he's not gay, he's actually friends with me on Facebook. His wife is beautiful, she's adorable. Um, and I, it's funny because one day he was like, he said, <laughs> his, his locker was up uh, above me, my locker was below him. And he said, do you have a crush on me or something like that? 
And I was like, <laughs> hell no, nah, I ain't gay, motherfucker. I what do you, why would you say that? You know, like, um, and it was mind boggling to me. Like, did he smell that on me? I don't know what it was. So <clears throat> that probably made me stay in the closet a little bit longer. And then I had the luxury of being in the military during the time of don't ask, don't tell, but that didn't keep me from having relationships. I actually mm. met the guy that I actually first ever had any sexual experience with. Um, you know, obviously I had, you know, intimacy with, or sex or whatever you want to call it with women, but I had never had, you know, sex with a guy before. Um, uh, we met, we had the eye locking thing. His, I still mm-hmm. remember his name. His name is Francisco Castro. So that was my first ever man. He was Spanish. <laughs> There, there you go with the last name. Now I got to Google no, him. I, well, I don't know what He was like five years older than me. I don't know where that motherfucker's at right now. I He was in Germany and I was in Fort Campbell. So I couldn't tell you any more than that. Um, so I was over in Kosovo at the time, right? I was in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Not Iraq, but Kosovo, my first deployment. And, you know, we locked eyes. And one day he came up to me and was like, hey, you know, um, I want to talk to you. And I guess he knew that I was, and he obviously knew that I was younger because it was almost like he was kind of grooming me a bit, you know, right? just to see how far he could go. And mm-hmm. one day he was like, let's go to the telephone room. And the telephone room <laughs> is exactly what it's called, right? Um, and it's just a room with the telephone in it. And you would just make all your calls back to the, you know, to the States. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let's go in the telephone room. And I'm, I, you know, trying to be bashful and cute and trying to be like every girl on every teen uh, movie was like, oh, no, you need to get to know me, honey. I don't understand. Like, we need to, like, I can't do that right now. You know, uh, thinking I'm being pure and whatever. And uh, he was like, oh, he got really afraid because he thought that I was like, he was like, oh, he was concerned that I, uh, like, he, you know, misread me. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, 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 I, you know, I didn't say it, you know, overtly, but I was like, no, 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 it's, you know, we're good, but I'm not ready to do that yet. So one night um, we see each other and he was like, you know, come see me. So um, we see each other, we're walking around and at the time he's a sergeant and I'm just a little old E3, which is kind of like enlisted uh-huh. class. Uh-huh, third class. Right. So mm-hmm. um, we met, we found a place. I remember being extremely awkward when, when he was giving me oral sex. At first, I couldn't look at him. You know, it was weird. For me, it was weird. It was dark, too. We found somewhere in the connex section where it used to be like, a, you know how the, uh, the crates that be on the train? The, the oh, don't tell, me you, don't tell me you were the ones that were into glory holes because you can't see. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I actually had no experience with any of those until I saw that shit on porn. So, um... <laughs> But long story short, he was like, the next time I see you, I want to, I want you to, you know, stick it in me. And, oh. you know, okay. I wasn't ready for that yet either. You know, I'd never done it. And I, for a really long time, I was actually really weird about it. Um, you know, the idea of anal sex and, you know, even though I know it was a part of the, uh, the process, if you will, is, you know, occupational hazard or whatever. I just never considered the, <laughs> I just never considered the, the, you know, the, the, the workings of it. So I didn't visit that until years later. But um, anyway, we had been there, he had been there three months. No, he had been there right at his six months. And I had gotten there maybe a couple months 
into his six month rotation. So he ended up going back to uh, Germany. He gave me his address, never wrote the man, had the address. Um, actually, I did write him. I don't know if he fucking got it or not, but I wrote him and that was the end of, you know, exit act one. Mm. Act two, um, and I'm not going to go through all my relationships, you know, because the only one that matters is the one that I'm in now, which is Carlos. I was about to say, I just ran through all of mine. <laughs> but anyways, and, don't have to uh, go through all of you. There was another, another gentleman, and this was We'll just, be here for three hours. This was just a, 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 a sexual experience that I had. This was like my second one with the guy ever. And um, I've never told this story before. You've heard it when the last time we did the uh, the recording, mm-hmm. but I've never told this story out loud. Carlos don't even know this. But I would we no. went to uh, <laughs> we went to Logan's. It was me and my buddy Chris, Christopher, and we're still friends. Um, and I see this gentleman. He was older. I was at the time maybe 21, 22 years old. He mm-hmm. had to have been like thirty five, maybe right at forty. Could have been a little bit older. But I was old enough to know better. I see him and we lock eyes. Um, and at first I didn't think anything of it because I've had that connect or thought I've had that connection with other people, but in reality, <laughs> I didn't. And then we short-circuited. Right. So I, you know, just kind of whatever. But he actually came outside when Chris and I left and actually gave me his phone number. So I thought that I was like, you know, it was twofold. I was like, oh my God, he looked at me and I knew it. And then it was like, oh shit, I must have this all over me. People must can tell that I was gay. So it made me retract a little bit. Anyway, we talked a few times on the phone. And this one day he was like, hey, can you meet, you know, meet me here? Um, whatever. And I, I meet him. And, you know, we're, you know, uh, kissing, obviously you know, knowing where we're going to go with this. And long story short, we do the do. He gives me oral sex. And then afterwards, he's like, um, let me get $20. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. I went to the ATM machine and I gave it to him. And I was, I was kind of upset, but at the same time, too, it was like, because I was caught off guard. I didn't understand why that shit happened. Like, it never really made sense to me that but that's obviously what he did because he felt comfortable with doing it so mm-hmm. whatever um I what, had a, un- what an unlicensed prostitute <laughs> he was he was and it wasn't even all that great um <laughs> and uh so twenty dollars was really too much but okay. then i had a then i had a long-term relationship and i followed a gentleman to um to california that didn't work out moved to jacksonville and then i had a few couple relationships and I had a consistent one for about five years before I moved here and then Carlo. So, you know, throughout all of that, I navigated the, the gay life just the same as everybody else. You know, I, I you know, um, would see things, you know, I, I spent most of my time on Grinder and Adam for Adam, which the thing about this lifestyle sometimes that is the most frustrating is we choose to be a part of this lifestyle and then when we get into this lifestyle, we realize there are more subcategories and subcultures there is to that we have to fit into. And oh, yeah. sometimes the, pe- the peg hole, as I call it. Right. And sometimes we're not the most comforting of people when it comes to what we like and what we don't like. And that was always the thing that boggled me. So for a long time, I was disassociated with the LGBT community because I felt like you know, it was dipped in hatred, which a lot of it is. I mean, 
being told, as I was saying earlier, about, you know, uh, people hating yourself growing up and, you know, staying in the closet and then going out, you know, hurt people hurt people, you know? So, right. you know, I understand now that it was, that was just a part of, you know, the journey that a lot of us go through. But I wonder what it would have been like had, you know, there been a level, you know, a little bit more of compassion when it came to people who happened to be in part of this lifestyle. Because I had, I had this white guy that I was uh, dating. Um, and uh, he's unfortunately passed on. But long story short, we were together for like four or five months. And I pursued him. And while we, we were together, I think that was my first experience in terms of racism when it came to our relationship. It, when we were together, especially when it was time to, you know, get down, you know, to business, he would say some of the most racist shit. And it would be like, oh, hit me with your big black cock. Like that was, I, I hate the word cock for that reason, because he fucked it up for me, to be honest. And well, technically a cock is a rooster, but okay. Sure, sure, sure. But the thing, <laughs> the thing about it was, it was just, he made me feel exotic. You know, he made me feel like I was less than a person because of his, mm -hmm. you know. Um, perception? Perception of what it was, to, uh, what was it like to be a black man? And it, I right. think what it did was it put on a level of pressure for me to perform in that way or to uh, you know, that when we did become intimate, it would be very hard, you know, for me to maintain, you know, um, an erection, and then he would take it personal. And uh, unfortunately, that relationship didn't last. It just, but he got, the reason why I didn't, he broke up with me because at the time I had, my anxiety was really starting to uh, show itself. And I think it had a lot to do with my sexuality at the time, because uh, it was the biggest secret I had ever had in my life. And uh, my dad came down, you know, when I was going through what I was going through, he came down to visit and uh, he visited me and, you know, made sure that everything was okay. And he wanted to meet my father, you know, and at that point I wasn't out, he was. Mm. And I was like, you know, nah, we, we not doing that. Like, I'm not, in, I'm not interested in having you meet my father. I'm just not, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and uh, I would say the week my dad was there was the time for my dad to go back. And I, you know, uh, he didn't call, you know, I also didn't call either because I knew he was upset. And uh, he goes, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and break this off because I really wanted to meet your father. And, you know, I remember saying something like, you know, I wasn't ready to do that yet. And, you know, if you can't respect that, then I'm not interested in moving forward either. So... You know? Yeah, and that and that kind of circles back again of mm -hmm. people's mindset of coming out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. with your story, you weren't ready to tell your father. No, I, I mean, wasn't. You, all my family members. Right. I mean, in a way, you were DL from your family. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, is what would have happened... What would have happened with your mindset at the time in the height of your anxiety? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't know what would have happened because mm -hmm. you already knew you were feeling anxiety or your anxieties were coming back. What would have happened if, mm -hmm. I don't know, he selfishly showed up at your house? Right. That's and, true. and you, you know what I mean? And just, 
oh, hi, how you doing? I'm your son's lover, or whatever mm. the case may be, and outed you. And then on top of that, he was a white man. So imagine telling that story to my daddy, who's from Albany, Georgia. He would have been like, oh, hell no. You are no longer my son. No, my dad wouldn't have done that. But that would have been very, very awkward for him. So, yes. You, know? you, sound, you, sound, you sound like my um. <laughs> my, my husband's uh, grandmother. I don't go to that. She's from Baltimore. You know, Baltimore, the, the older folks kind of feel uh, mm -hmm. the way that the city is set up is it kind of feels, even when you go there, it kind of feels kind of like segregated. And you know, you'll hear it all. I don't go into that side of town. There's a lot of white people over there. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely understand. I understand that. But but even with your story, if you circle back, you know what I mean? Like it kind of falls into place. So you don't know what people's mindset are at the time that you think that you want to be their hero. Right. And actually being the villain of the story. Mm -hmm. Right. Because because as a hero, you think you're going to liberate this person by outing them and, and breaking the shackles, but you don't know what's what's happening. That it's right. things happen, right? Yeah, so things happen at a particular time and place. And we weren't we weren't together long enough for him to know where I was in my relationship with my father. So you know, for him to kind of you know have that you know thought process that that was something he was going to do. Is mind-boggling to me but well um, and to be honest from what you from the story that you just told you probably didn't even know where you stood in your relationship with him because of how he made you feel during intimate periods yeah it was it was a lot of confusing i mean it wasn't confusing times but it it, it, I, it after a while it, it that became the catalyst for me not to date white men too much longer after that um well, yeah, with me, the, the whole dating white men, and, and don't get me wrong, I find, even to today, I, I find some some white men. We don't, we don't have to say what you're trying to say. You can say that but, you don't, you know, your preference went white. We, we ain't doing that. We ain't afraid. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, to me, it's, 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 a, it's a cultural thing. There's, I agree. As far as culture is concerned, you know, it's two different spectrums to me. I agree. And, um, you know, um, I, I had a really consistent relationship for about five years. Like I said, before I met um, uh, Carlos, I, there was actually another gentleman involved in there too, um, you know, that really kind of, you know, set the expectation for what I didn't, you know, what I did and didn't want. And, you know, dip with all of that, you had, you know, people who preferred, you know, oh, well, I don't prefer black people. I don't, and I don't think that people, so there was twofold. There, there became a period in my lifestyle where I was like, you know what? No more white guys, right? But mm -hmm. I didn't say that on my profile. I didn't say, hey, I'm not interested in white guys. It was just be an internal thing that was like, hey, you know what? If I see one, they speak. Yeah, I'll be nice. But at the end of the day, I'm not interested in, you know, moving the conversation forward. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of that. And, you know, but that's really when I started to see the racism pop up a lot. When I would see people say, you know, I don't date black people, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, no black guys, no. And I would see black men say that too, you know what I'm saying? And that was the, mm -hmm. that was the craziest thing to see. And I would see, you know, all these reasons. And, and my feeling about that is, is, you know, it's okay to have a preference, right? 
but to have a preference to something that I can't change is mind boggling to me. Like I can't change my color. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't, I can't change being black. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, I can't, you know, depending on my circumstances, I can't change being 300 and something pounds either. You know? Well, to be honest, Michael Jackson did it. So you probably <laughs> Touche. Touche, my <laughs> friend. You are exactly right. <laughs> you are right. But, you know, I mean, that wasn't the path that I wanted to take. I'm proud of, I, I think I was coming into my own in terms of my blackness at that time. I was about to say, know? it could be painful, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it might be, but I ain't never read up on it. But you can, you know, I'm pretty sure you can spend some money on bleaching. But I don't know, you know. but I'll find out. I, I know somebody that did some anal bleaching. So oh, anal bleaching, huh? That's yeah. a topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it just—it was weird for me because I just didn't understand, and I didn't have the language to be able to explain why this felt wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why? Right hearing them say that and sometimes it would almost become a challenge where I would go and message them anyway even though I know I read where it said no black guys and I would mm. go and, and message them anyway just in some way shape or form try to show them that hey not all of us are you know what you oh, think I, I skip them all the time I mean uh, yeah when I mean I, I see it all the time oh white men only or like mm -hmm. for example um when I moved out here, obviously, I moved away from my friends. I mean, I moved away from you and everybody else that I have in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of want to have that sense of friendship and community and all that right. other stuff when you, yeah. when you relocate to a new place. Um, here in Wilmington, uh, in the Wilmington area, there's only one gay bar. Wow. One gay bar. Mm -hmm. Um. And I walked in there once, I ordered two drinks, and I walked the hell out. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because I, I, as soon as I walked in, I felt like, um, one, I was being looked at like, who the hell are you? Mm -hmm. And two, like, do you even belong here? Kind of a So they were mostly white? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm And um, unlike my experience when I walked into when i walk into gay bars in, in florida it's like it's like fresh meat it's like you just walked into a piranha pool and they all want to just find out who the hell you are mm -hmm. you know um and and you, so here I, I you know i still have my um adam for adam account i'll log in just for the purposes of making friends um and you'll see it left and right whites only I only date white people, or I only date, if you're black, I don't want to deal with you, but you're black. I'm like, wait, so, and my thing was, when I was reading the profiles, and, and in my head, I, I never engaged the people, because it, it was no point mm -hmm. in my mind to just, I'm not here to change people's minds, you know what right, I mean? Like, right. I, that's, not, that's not my job. And let's see, but, I, I, that was, I picked that up from you, because you just what you just said like for me i was like man i'm gonna go and say something you already had that when i met you so yeah that was something that made me gravitate to you so yeah to me to me it's like it's not my job to change you or whatever but i just kept on seeing all these things and i'm and i'm just like swipe left swipe left swipe left and um and, and my thought process was hold on a second your family is black so you're you know what i mean like 
you don't have to, and I get it, Adam for Adam is 99.99% a, you know, a sex thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or a hookup site, sorry, not a sex thing, but a hookup site. But there's always that 1% that's looking for friendship, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and, 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 and it, it just kind of always boggled my mind, like, dude, you know, it's not always anything about sex. I mean, sex is just um, a it's moment. Just a, maybe, right. maybe for some people, it's a two-minute thing. <laughs> uh, to some, it can be a two-hour thing. But then what right. happens afterward, right? Yeah. yeah, you go back. What to, happens afterward? Right, you're going back to being friends or whatever your parameters of your relationships are. Well, not even, not even that. I mean, you go back to your corner and you go back to your corner and you probably won't see each other again. Right. True. And then, or you know, you're just an, another another uh, number in their pocket. Right. National bill. Yeah. And that was, and that's the 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 interesting thing that made me disenfranchised with this lifestyle for a long time. Because again, like I said, you we choose to be a part of this community, and then we have that division that comes a part of it. And to me, whenever I think of like LGBT, to be honest, especially when it comes to pride. You don't see myself and you on those pictures. Who you see? You see skinnier Latino men, and you see uh, 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 European-looking white men, and mm-hmm. that one black guy that got blonde hair. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, when when I when I was when I came out in Florida um, back in two thousand, um, gay pride was really in Orlando was really really big, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I used, my my friends and I we all used to uh, get together, rent a house, and 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 go down there for you know for that week you know for Pride Week. Um, and you saw that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It got a little tiresome, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody used to come. Everybody used to come back to the to to the house with the with the with their fling, right? With their with their Pride fling. And where was Angelo? In the front TV watching popcorn because nobody wanted to be with the little big fat boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is cool because, uh, to be honest, it, it minimized the getting something I didn't want to return or something that I couldn't return, should I say? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then um, right before I left, I started seeing a uh, big boy party happening down in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Uh, Big Boy Pride was very interesting. Wow, yeah, tell me more. What happened? Um, <laughs> how should I put this? Um, you know how sometimes when you're taking, a lot of eyes come on you? Like mm-hmm. They know that you're taking and you're like, they just... <laughs> Ooh, this one has taken on him, and I just want to hang. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it just it, it got that you know what I mean. Like when you start getting the attention that you weren't getting the attention, it's mm-hmm. kind of sensory overload. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a very interesting um gathering um in Orlando. I, I was thinking of going down and I think they moved it to October, but I don't know yeah. with this whole COVID thing. I don't know if I want to go to do that or not. Um, yeah, I was actually in the parade. Me and Carlos and I were in the parade last year, uh, Gay Pride yeah. Parade. 
yeah, even though I probably um have an immunity to it, but um yeah, I don't. Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I think right now we're still under the uh, you know no more than ten people per gathering, so it's not happening this year. Mm, to be honest, I don't know because your governor down there he kind of poo poo. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything, any other things that have been happening, you know, that would normally happen. I mean, Fourth of July got canceled, and you know that was the last big thing. You know, what's coming up mm -hmm. next is our uh, Labor Day, but. You know, for me, when it came to those, you know, like pride, you know, and there was, you know, from pride, you had black pride that came about. And the thing mm -hmm. about uh, black uh, regular pride to me is it felt very um, whitewashed. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't see very many of us, even though we would be speckled throughout there, it wasn't very many. And when I mean us, I'm talking about black people, you know, there wasn't very much representation. And I also wasn't even, you know, uh, an outreach in terms of being able to, you know, uh, be present there, um, you know, and then you obviously have black pride, which what people don't understand when it comes to, you know, us creating these spaces is that we don't necessarily just create spaces for us. You know what I'm saying? We, we mm -hmm. create spaces and, you know, black people, as long as I can remember, have always been all encompassing. Even with my family, if I were to bring you home right now, I bet you my family members are going to be like, hold up. I don't know you. I, I, hey, Reggie, how you doing? Who is this person? Mm -hmm. And they're going to cling to you and they're going to yep. treat you like you family. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. that's what we do. I know. So, I know. Be like, Baby, do you want some? Uh, yeah. You you, you you want some chicken though? Right. Exactly. You know, we go, we're going to look know, out for the new person more than we are the people that, you know, that and, are part of and, it. And, 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 you know, and you know how Barbara does her cornbread, right? <laughs> and they start giving you the recipe of how they do right, it. Right, right. Exactly. And that, that's, just, that's just who we are as a people. We've always been that way. So, you know, people try to say Black Pride is, you know, uh, um, you know, it, it doesn't uh, encompass everybody. But if you go to a Black Pride parade or Black Pride in general, who you see? You probably see more of them than you do of us. Mm -hmm. uh, they're nine times out of ten. So, well, there's a reason why. That's why. Oh well, yeah. They're they're looking for that rooster. Mm -hmm. You're right. That's exactly what it is because you know they they like to fetishize us and they like to to make us you know less than people and it's 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 just unfortunate. So, um, but. Mr. Angelo, we can go on and on and on and on and on and on about the complexities uh, behind uh, gay culture, uh, you know, especially, you know, talking about the black experience. So what I am going to present to you, sir, if you're okay with this, I would love to have a part two to where and, and see where we can take this conversation, because I feel like we even though we've been on for about an hour, I feel like we just really scratched the surface. You know, oh, yeah, we, so, we, we, we I mean, like I said, there's a whole lot of topics of conversation. I mean, you did go over all your relationships, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. And you, and you even got me to name them, which I didn't even want. Hey, them. hey, they probably aren't going to be listening anyway. And if they do, you know, what are, what's the name of that song? You're so vain because you probably think this song is about you. They're assholes, mm -hmm. so... But whatever. The, the, funny thing, the funny thing is that none of my exes or my friends on on any of my social media. Social media. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm actually I'm actually friends with. It took a lot of time for us to get to this point, but Carlos and I are friends with my ex. 
um, I'm not going to name his name just because he actually does listen to the podcast. So, um, but yeah, he's, uh, he, he is, um, you know, on that, sir, a- you're on that note, you're a bigger man than me. Because <laughs> once I'm done, I'm done. Put well, a fork in, I'm done. We're going to have to get into, you know, the specifics of that, you know, uh, after. So, um, because mm-hmm. we, you know, I'm at, we don't have to talk about that part too. So write that down, remind me. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll explain to you the, the reason behind that. Um, so uh, with that being said, everybody, we're going to go ahead and end this conversation. I appreciate you. I want to keep you guys on bated breath because this is just scratching the surface of some of the topics that we're going to be having tomorrow. Well, I'm not going to share it now, but I am going to be having, you know, some other interesting conversations that I'll be coming out with other people too. So um, just keep, uh, keep your ears locked and listened. And, um, you know, I appreciate everybody for, you know, going out, liking, subscribing and sharing. Um, And there's a donate button. Although I enjoy doing this, I have fun when I do it. Donations make it easier. Okay. All right. Um, Got your person. (laughs) Donations make it easier for me to, you know, uh, to do it. So please don't, um, you know, forget to subscribe and donate. So with that being said, Mr. Angelo, do you have anything else that you want to say, sir? Yes. The ushers are going down the aisle. <laughs> don't do me like that now. Don't the do me aisle. like that. But if y'all want to donate. Nope. We're going to make this great. And of course, we're going to make this great. They need to get some money. You know what right? I'm saying? If you get some money, you get some blessings. Can I get an amen? Amen, Dela. Amen, Dela. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm good. I'm definitely. I, I wish you know, like I told you before, I definitely. Um, uh, I'm interested in being a guest and popping up and having conversations, and I can hit any topic. Um, okay. I mean, even if you watch the DNC and you don't like what's going on, you'd be like, "Hey, did you hear the mess the AOC just said?" Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. <laughs> so all right sir well i'm gonna give you the gift of time uh back in your night thank you so much i uh, appreciate you and enjoy the rest of your day okay you too talk to you soon all right peace Dude, this-